Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Are you planning to someday, when the time is right, finally get around to living your dream or calling? Why do you sabotage yourself? And is it possible to make yourself sick because you don't do what you were born to do? The War of Art author Stephen Pressfield is with us to talk about beating resistance and finding your true calling. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with Stephen Pressfield. He's the author of The Legend of Bagger Vance, Gates of Fire, and The War of Art, just to name a few. Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Hey, it's my pleasure, Trip. I'm glad to be here. Right on. So, as I just mentioned, you've written many books, most of which deal with war in some respect, whether it's internal or external. Um, but today, I wanted to focus on the book, The War of Art, which is one of my all-time favorites, and I've had many, many listeners write in asking me to get on your show. So, in The War of Art, you talk about the enemy, which is resistance. It's that part of us that doesn't want us to finish the book, doesn't want us to launch that business or complete whatever personal project we may have. Um, I want to help the guy who's sitting in traffic right now in Newark, New Jersey, get a feel for this. What are we talking about? Let's get to know the enemy. What does resistance look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? Uh, well, I call it resistance with a, a capital R. And it's it, to me, it is, let's say that, uh, have you ever bought one of those uh, abdominal crunch machines and brought them home and found out that it was, uh, you know, gathering dust in the attic? Or have you ever joined a gym and uh, found that you didn't wind up not going to the gym? Mm. Or do you have a novel in you that you always felt that you wanted to write or a business that you always felt you wanted to do or uh, some kind of a, a humanitarian or philanthropic uh, cause that you've always wanted to do and you've never wound up doing it? Well, what's stopping you from doing it is resistance. Okay. And I, it, it, I experienced it as a writer. I mean, I think writers probably have the classic case of resistance, and that's the blank page, you know, sitting down and coming up, you come up with a million excuses not to do your work. Hmm. And I've just had discovered in my own life that when I realized that there was this force, this negative force, and I gave a name to it, 
that it helped me tremendously. How so? I mean, was it just that you could suddenly identify when it came into the room and wanted to stop you? Describe how it helped you. I'll tell you exactly, Tripp. It's like um, the form that resistance might take, uh, let's say, to a writer sitting down, right, is a voice in your head will say, oh, you know, today's really not the day to do it. You know, today uh, your wife uh, needs some help in this and that. The other thing, the kids have to have this, or there's something you have to do uh, for your real-time job. It's an important thing, and you've got to take care of that, you know. And so you listen to that to that voice, and you don't sit down and you do your writing. Now, once you realize that there's such a thing as resistance, you realize that that voice in your head is not a real voice. It's not really you. It's not a real thought. It's purely resistance. And so it's easy to uh, dismiss it at that point and say, well, this is, this is BS, you know, right. and I'm just going to keep going. It's kind of like um, Odysseus in the Odyssey, you know, when, when uh, the ships went past the sirens, if you remember that scene, mm-hmm. where he had himself tied to the mast because he wanted to hear the siren song and he plugged up all of his oarsmen's um, ears with wax so they couldn't hear and he gave them orders no matter what I say no matter how hard I protest don't listen to a word I say and of course he did say pull over the sirens it's wonderful they're beautiful let's pull over and the guys just kept going straight well those that voice that kind of siren song that's resistance and once you realize that that it actually is this negative force then you can be like the oarsman and just keep on sailing past it and do your job it's got a seductive quality it's got it, it can hijack you without you even knowing it doesn't sound like it's so much aggressive and in your face it's this it's kind of like what you least expect probably uh, it is, but I, I, w- I would characterize it as, uh, as a great word, protean, which means that uh, it can take any form at all. It can be fear. A lot of times resistance is entirely fear, where, say, for a writer, you're just terrified to do what you have to do that day because mm. it's just so difficult and you're afraid of failing or you're afraid of succeeding. And at other times, you're absolutely right. It can be a voice that's like dripping with honey. It's a almost a female seductive voice that mm. will just kind of lure you away, seduce you away with uh, incredibly um, credible rationalizations yeah. where you say, boy, that's exactly true. I really shouldn't work today. I absolutely have to go to my kid's softball game. You know, why, what kind of father am I? I've got to go. Right. And so, yes, resistance takes many, many forms. Got it. Got it. You know, as a coach, I work with clients and I'm often shocked to hear that they believe that they're somehow the only one that's struggling with this, that they believe that the successful folks out there, the successful writers don't have to tend with resistance, but that's bullshit, right? I mean, how pervasive is resistance? Absolutely. And in fact, that was a, it was really interesting to me, Tripp, writing the book and then to get the responses coming in. Because a lot of me, as I was writing it, I thought, well, maybe I'm the only guy in the world that's experiencing this, you know, but I've never seen anybody write it, so I'm going to put it down. And I found that, uh, you know, when I originally wrote The War of Art, I thought the audience was just writers. Mm. But, and in fact, the original title of it was The Writer's Life. Mm-hmm. But um, I began getting letters and emails from every type of person, not only just artists, 
you know, photographers, actors, uh, you name it, but also particularly from entrepreneurs, from anybody that's kind of in business for themselves, because just like uh, an artist or a writer, an entrepreneur is following a dream, as you well know, coaching people who are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, it came from, from every every walk of life. Everybody seems to experience resistance. It's really, uh, and people have written me and saying, you know, thank you for you know, laying it out, delineating it, because I thought I was the only one who felt it. Right, right. Well, what's at stake here? I mean, if a guy is seduced right now, if he's hijacked and he doesn't even know it, if resistance wins, what does he lose? Well, that's a great question, Tripp. And of course, what you lose is your entire life, because the resistance, as I define it, is the sort of negative opposite reaction to whatever your soul's calling is. Now, I know that sounds kind of highfalutin, but I don't, but it isn't in real life. Um, if you uh, were born to be um, a dancer, if you were born to be a warrior, if you were born to be a coach of kids um, in, in athletics, then you will feel resistance to that. And uh, that, that seductive voice will constantly push you away from that. So if you listen to that voice and you don't do it, well, you've kind of lost your whole calling. And you're, How many people, you know, um, live their entire lives working jobs that uh, they're only in for the money? And at the end of their life, they say to themselves, you know, oh, my God, what what did I do? I've blown it. You know, um, you'll probably ask me this thing about Tom Laughlin. So I'll jump in and do this ahead of time. There was um, uh, if you guys who are listening, remember Tom Laughlin, who was the star of Billy Jack mm-hmm. years ago, the movie. Right. Well, he is also um, a union therapist and he deals with people who have terminal cancer. And one of his theories is that, I'll give you the really short version of this, is people, when they get a diagnosis that they've got terminal cancer, almost their, their, their whole life view changes in that instant. You know, I'm sure we can relate to it. It would change, happen to change for us, too. Mm-hmm. And they kind of realize in that minute what's really important and what isn't important. And many of them say to themselves, oh, my God, you know, I had this vocation for the piano or I was a painter when I was a kid, or I was whatever, you know, and I, I didn't do it. I went to law school instead. I went to, I took, you know, I got an MBA or whatever the hell it is, and, and uh, I, I never followed that vocation. And so what Tom Laughlin does as a therapist working with people in that situation is he'll encourage them to live out their dream that they had put on the shelf. So let's say it was the piano. He'll say, okay, get back into it. Start right now. And the amazing thing is that not all cancers, but some cancers go into remission at that point. Wow. So, the, so the question, that I mean, obviously this is probably overstating the case, but is it possible that we get cancer because we don't do what we were born to do? Does, does our, do our bodies, you know, does it show up in our bodies in some way? Mm-hmm. So the stakes, in my view, couldn't be higher for overcoming resistance and not allowing that voice to keep us from doing what we were born to do. Beautiful. I, I'm going to read one of the passages from the book. It's one of my favorite things ever. It so resonates with my own personal philosophy. Uh, you write, our job in this lifetime is not to shape ourselves into some ideal we imagine we ought to be, but to find out who we already are and become it. 
If we were born to paint, it's our job to become a painter. If we were born to raise and nurture children, it's our job to become a mother. If we were born to overthrow the order of ignorance and injustice of the world, it's our job to realize it and get down to business. Now, what I don't understand is why we want to get in the way of ourselves. Why do we self-sabotage? Why do we, why do we resist becoming who we were born to be? Yeah, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, is there, this really gets into questions of, of good and evil and of the nature of the universe and stuff like that. I mean, is there, is there a, such a thing as the devil, you know? Mm. Um, I was taking a, a course in, um, a beginning course in the Kabbalah a while ago. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they, that they teach in Jewish mysticism is that, and they also, this is also part of, I'm going to get kind of heavy here. I hope you guys, you don't mind this. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, let me get into a thing called Neoplatonism, which comes from Plato's concept that um, there is a higher realm and a lower realm. If you remember Plato's ideas of the forms, he said that in the higher realm, there is the, a form of, say, perfect justice or perfect beauty, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Then in the lower realm where we live, there's the imperfect form of all these things, right? We never get to see real beauty. We never get to see real justice, real love, whatever. But the, the Jewish mystics and Neoplatonists and a lot of, I could say, maybe Christians and Muslims and who knows, believe in this too, that there is a force in the world that will block us from uh, in the lower realm from ascending to the higher realm and will block the messages that are coming from the higher realm to get to the lower realm. Now, I know this kind of sounds kind of deep, but that's where I think, you know, in, in Jewish mysticism, it's called the Yetzer Hurrah. And it's, it is that force of self-sabotage that is just constantly working to keep us from from um, being our best selves. I mean, you could call it sin. You could call it, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what. But um, that the, the recognition for me that there was a force inside us or outside us, wherever you want to locate it, that's actively working against us and that we need to overcome, that was a real breakthrough for me that helped me, okay, now I can marshal my forces against this sucker and, and overcome it. But I do believe... You know, for many years of living it, that there is this negative force there. It just exists. It's the truth. Yeah, I love how how you found that balance because it, you're not becoming a victim to it, it by naming it as the as this evil force. Well, I can't do anything for it. it you actually take responsibility. Okay, here's this force. Now, what am I going to do? I've got I've got something that wants to be lived as me in this lifetime. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna sack up and I'm gonna go for it. Exactly. And let me back up. I'll back up one minute here. And uh, you were talking that that passage that you read, Trip, about um, it's our job to be who we already are. Mm -hmm. Um, This was sort of a breakthrough for me to come to realize that. And in in my my book, The Legend of Bagger Vance, there's a concept. Forgive me for quoting myself, but there's a concept of the authentic swing, the authentic golf swing. Mm -hmm. And if you are you a golfer, Trip? Yes. Yes then you know that the first time a kid swings a golf club, his swing is already there. Mm. You know, it doesn't really change. I mean, I have friends, two friends that are identical twins, total genetic material, identical. And from the first day they swung a golf club, their swings were totally different from each other. Mm. And the swings have never changed, you know? And we, so 
Uh, and when you see pictures of Tiger Woods' early swing, it's the same swing he has today. Mm-hmm. So if we extrapolate out from that, there is such a thing, in my opinion, as the authentic self. And that there is, I believe we are born into this world. You know, if, you, if you're a father and you have kids, you know, they come into this world with their own personalities already. You know, they're not a blank slate. They're already different from one another. Right. So the idea uh, that we can become anything we want to be, to me, is crazy. You know, we're, we're really... We really only have one golf swing. We have our authentic swing, and our job is just to, to swing the best version of that swing. And we, we only have one authentic self, in my opinion. Like, if you're born to be a writer, if you're born to be a painter, if you're born to be a father, whatever it is, our job really is to find that calling, that, and it is a, a destiny, it's kind of mystical, mm-hmm. and then get out of our own way and go for it. Oh, I love that. I love that. It, it, it really is just embracing who we are. And, it, and instead of collapsing like, well, this is who I am. I'm never going to have Tiger swing or I'm never going to have this guy's talent. It's just like, well, what's yours? What's your thing? Embrace that and then cultivate that and nurture that. That's your job. That's the, really the only thing you're put on this planet to do. That's that's my belief. It's like Joseph Campbell's old thing of follow your bliss. You know mm. what? What brings you joy? What is your most, um, what is your unique ability? As um, uh, Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach, would say, what is your, what is your one talent? Or maybe you have more than one, but what, what is you, what are you called to do? Right. And the other thing about resistance is that you can, if you say to yourself, well, what is my true calling? You know what, you know, I've got a lot of things I love to do. The answer to me is what do you feel the most resistance to? What are you, what, when you think about it, when you, what activity, when you think about it, produces the deepest terror? That's the thing you got to do. Because <laughs> resistance, is, it is like a true north compass. It will always be strongest to the, to the activity that is the most close to your soul's true calling. Wow. Now, so how is that, that different? That's why it's hard. How is that different? Because I'm I'm really scared to go to prison and like to be somebody's uh, sex buddy in there. But <laughs> like, but how is that different from that kind of fear? Can you can you tease that apart? <laughs> that's a very good question. I don't know about that, but I, I guess it's uh, I'm not sure what the answer to that is. But I think there's a difference between saying uh, I feel that I could really write great music, mm. or I feel that if I I could establish a um, youth center in the slums of uh, Rio de Janeiro that would really help people. But, oh, I couldn't do that because I'm not good enough. I, I, you know, I don't have enough money. I've got too many other obligations. You, you know, all of those rationalizations and procrastination things. That's, that's resistance. That's, that's resistance fear. I mean, there's real fear. I mean, if a lion walks into your office right now, you're going to, you know, be afraid. Right. But there's a difference between that and being afraid of of a calling that you know is is meant to be yours. Okay, good. I'm glad we teased that apart there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, most of us, you know, let's say the guy finds his calling and and, and he's going to come out of the gate red hot. And then a week or two weeks later, he's right back to where he started. He's he may even be more deflated than before. Now, I know the book, The War of Art, goes through some specific steps on how to overcome resistance. But what can you share in a nutshell? I mean, how what's the what's the glimpse or the overview of overcoming resistance? Uh, well, in the War of Art, the sort of uh, mantra that I um, employ is the concept of turning pro. And what that means is it's just a mental shift 
from looking at something as an avocation to looking at it as a vocation or to looking at it from the point of view of an amateur or a pro as opposed to a pro or a weekend warrior as opposed to a real warrior. So that if someone comes out of the gate hot, you know, with a say, okay, this is my calling, I'm going to pursue it. You can obviously burn yourself out very quickly like that. So one needs to take a real professional attitude. A professional attitude keeps you from becoming too precious, keeps you from becoming impatient, keeps you from taking things too personally, keeps you from, you know, failure or success. It's really a kind of a hardcore no bullshit attitude that is in from here to the finish, however long it takes. Mm. Just, I don't know if that's uh, if I, I might not have been as articulate as I want to be there, but I think that's the general idea. You know, I think that for me, when I when I was reading the difference, you know, when you talked about going pro, th- it became just like this is what I do. This is this is what I do. I show up every day, and this is an expression of what I do. I'm not attached to. Well, if I don't, you know, if I can't be the best at it, or if I can't win a Grammy, then I'm not going to you know, write an album or it's, it's not attached to these kind of external things that this is just, uh, the results are just a, a product of who you are and, and how you're being in the world. Is that, is that what you I would say? say? That's exactly right. It's very well put. It's really about the process rather than the end result. You know, um, like you say, it's, this is who I am. You say, if I, like in my case, I'm a writer, so I'm just going to keep writing. You know, if my next book is a bomb, well, so be it. I'm, I'm, that doesn't phase me at all. You know, I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to write another one and another one and another one. That's what I do. And I may, evolve within that, but it'll only be more towards whatever I was meant to be doing with it. Great. Wonderful. I think that's where so many guys get hung up because they're afraid. They're afraid of what others are going to think or how they're going to be perceived. There's these external pressures and they use that as a form of resistance. And um, it's like, well, if this is just who you are and what you do, then what does it matter? This is, this is you. Right. It really requires being internally directed. Here and and not dependent on exterior um, validation, praise, you know, whatever. Like you say, if it's who you are, you can fail at something, and then you just have to keep going. Or likewise, you can succeed uh, to your wildest dreams and get pulled over and seduced in a bad way into the world of success. And then you sort of need the compass needs to swing back, and you remind yourself, this is who I am. You know, I'm a painter, I'm a photographer, I'm a filmmaker, I'm whatever. And I'm just going to keep following my star and following my muse and not listen to the good or the bad. Mm. Beautiful. And so where are you currently? What, what's, what's lighting you up? What's your, what's your uh, journey looking like these days? What are you diving into? Well, I'm actually, I have a new book coming out uh, in June, a novel called The Profession. That's about, uh, it's a military thriller set a little bit in the future. Um, And I also have uh, another little, a kind of a miniature book coming out that's related to the War of Art. It's called, uh, in fact, um, it'll come out on April 1st, only on Amazon, called Do the Work. And anybody that's interested in what we're talking about today, I highly recommend this. It's kind of a short version of the War of Art, and it it focuses, it sort of takes you... um, within the bounds of a specific project takes you from the beginning, the middle and the end and kind of how to go through something, you know, from start to finish and what predictable resistance points will come up along the way. 
But um, let me answer your question a little deeper. And you'll be the first. You're one of the few people I told this trip. Um, I have a book that I want to do, a nonfiction book about Moshe Dayan and the Six-Day War. And I'm Jewish myself, and I've never been to Israel. And I think it's about time. I'm maybe having a Jewish midlife crisis. But uh, <laughs> there's, and I'm so I'm experiencing tremendous resistance to this. You know. Yeah. I'm hearing all those voices in my head. Ah, oh, it's going to cost too much money. You know, you've never done nonfiction. There's a lot of work. You know, blah 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 blah. But because I know what resistance is, I hear the voices and I just say, "This is bullshit." I'm just not listening to this. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure, it is bringing up lots of fear, lots of resistance, and uh, that to me, I take that as a good sign because. Like I said before, the more resistance you feel towards a project, the more important it is that you do it. Wow. So that's what's coming up for me. And that'll be a daunting thing because it'll probably take me three or four years and it uh, might not be, you know, too remunerative. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Thanks for letting us into the into that process. I just got the image of a fire. The closer you get to it, it the hotter it gets. And, and so you just, I just imagine you kind of feeling your way through through life where's the fire where's the heat where's the heat yeah yeah if you've ever seen that show inside the actor's studio it used to be on bravo yeah you know yeah. you know what i'm talking about absolutely james lipton interviews you know robert de niro or harvey Keitel or something like that right and invariably he will ask the actor or the director or something he says how do you pick your next project how do you know what role you're going to take and almost always they say i take the role that's going to make me stretch I take whatever's going to scare me because I don't want to, you know, Robert De Niro, you know, or, you know, doesn't want to do another taxi driver. You know, he's already done taxi driver. Right. So um, I, I think that's, again, that's kind of a function of resistance. What they're really saying is I pick the role that I feel the most resistance to, that I'm most afraid of because they know that that will make them stretch and, and expand them as a as an artist. Here are the big takeaways from our talk with Stephen Pressfield. Number one, the resistance we're talking about is the opposing force to your soul's calling. It's big. Its only job is to keep you from doing what you were born to do, to cut you off from your higher self. Identifying resistance empowers you to make a choice that honors what you really want. Identifying resistance requires presence. And for information on becoming more present, check out thenewmanual.com. Number two, resistance is pervasive. It's everywhere and everyone deals with it, even your heroes. More than just fear, resistance is the seductive, sometimes rational voice that manages to talk you out of living a kick-ass life. By recognizing that resistance is its own entity, we can realize the deeper desire we have to be who we truly are, to follow through in our endeavors. And most importantly, we've got to realize that the voice of resistance is not our true voice. Number three, it may seem that your workout or your hobby may be the only thing to lose here. But according to Pressfield, if resistance wins, you essentially lose your life. You lose your ability to live your life's calling. You lose your ability to pierce through the BS and do what truly matters to you. Do not underestimate the impact of folding to resistance. 
Number four, it could be said that we were born with our own set of unique traits and qualities. We were born with an unwritten contract to become our true selves, to live and experience and do some very specific things. Pressfield mentions that we're not here to be what we should be according to some outside influence or pressure. No, our job is to listen within and discover what we were born to be. Our job is to embrace that calling, to get out of the way and be the best version of ourselves. Resistance? That's the force that wants to stop it from happening. And number five, Overcoming resistance requires a shift in thinking. Pressfield calls it turning pro. The amateur relies on results, external validation, and comparisons to others. The pro is locked on to his own North Star. He focuses on the work and is internally directed. The amateur is impatient, timid, and takes things personally. The pro is in this for the long haul and does not see his work as precious. The pro gets back on when he falls off. Well, where can we follow you and your work? How do we find you? Uh, do you have a place online that we can go to? I do. In fact, um, it's just my name, stephenpressfield.com, and I actually have a thing on it, a series that I do every Wednesday called Writing Wednesdays. That's It's just like, it's really like a, a new, an ongoing chapter from the War of Art. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff on there right now, uh, but... Um, Actually, another little book that I'm working on now that's featured on the site is a thing called The Warrior Ethos. And it's kind of right up the alley of what we're talking about today. When you say, well, how do you overcome resistance? One of the ways, like we were talking about turning pro, but another way to think of it is kind of in a warrior way of thinking of it, of, of adopting the kind of uh, the virtues that a warrior has of courage, self-reliance, patience, perseverance, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a very definite um, correlation between the two. Um, so anybody that logs on to you know, my site will see that. That's kind of the, the, the headline right now. StephenPressfield.com. Excellent. Right. Stephen with a V. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. I, I feel like we could just talk all afternoon. I've got so many questions and stuff. We may have to have you back on. So, well, we'll um, do it again sometime, Trip. you know, and I, I hope this has been helpful, you know, for anybody that hears this. I'm sure it is. Your, your book uh, just is so powerful and such a great guide for that, that darkness that so many of us experience, uh, you know, what am I doing? Where am I going? What, what should I do? What's most important? Do I listen to this? Do I listen to that? And it's a beacon. It really is. And it, and it helps us identify, wait a second, that guy is not here to support me. It's here to seduce me. Um, I just really appreciate the work you've done and being willing to share your own vulnerability in the process that you've struggled with this stuff that you continue to deal with this and that, it, that you've actually learned how to harness it and find a lot of power in that, in that as well. So thank you so much again. Well, thanks for having me, Trip, and uh, thanks for having your, your show, your podcast. And I'm, I'm sure it's very helpful to um, a lot of people. Visit the newmanpodcast.com for links to videos, articles, and other valuable resources. Thanks for listening.